June 30, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. Today, we are redrafting the 2011 NBA Draft. It's a great one. I'm Chris. He's Andrew. Let's go. Okay, Andrew, so 2011 NBA Draft. This is a cool one, actually. Uh, obviously, the best player is not the first overall pick, unless unless you're suddenly like a huge Kyrie fan. Uh, I'm not suddenly a huge Kyrie fan. In fact, I'm almost not a Kyrie fan at all. Okay, so is he not going to be in your top 14? You got to do the redraft and see. <laughs> um, I'd have to really hate him to move him completely out of the top 14. But your hate, like, pretty runs deep, eh? Like, That's true. I can hold <laughs> a grudge. You're like one of the biggest haters I know. Maybe, but I'm also a lover. If you're on my good side, I will I will stick with you till the end. Through the good times, the bad times, the J.R. Smith times, I will be there for you. <laughs> okay. So let's like actually run through the draft. Frankly, like the top the top eight picks aren't like other than Kyrie aren't really that good. Like, I mean, you got like Kyrie Irving number one going to Cleveland. Um that was obviously the year right after LeBron left. They went from being a really good team, and LeBron leaves, and they suck. And Let me tell you just how good of a team they went from being. 66-16, uh, and 61-21, and 21, projected to go 18-64. and 64. They beat expectations with a staggering 19-63. and 63. They were running hot that year. That was a really good year for them. Yeah, Jamario Moon is really coming into his own, so he got that extra win. Former starter and Raptor, Jamario Moon. Jamario Moon ended <laughs> forgot, up on this team. I forgot that he was on the Cavs. Just not to turn this into a Jamario Moon podcast, but like out of the talent that he had, pretty good career for him. <laughs> Decent career. I mean, jump out of the gym. I remember his main highlight is Jamario Moon grabbing a rebound so much higher than is necessary that he could have just waited for it to come back down. But this guy jumps out of the gym to grab this rebound. Very impressive. Does he do like that one-handed one? Like the one-handed like smack it back in? One-handed, like but at the top of that ball off the rebound, he must have had to grab it from 11 or 12 feet. I mean, he got way up there. Well, I think it's kind of sad if, like, the number one highlight he has is just, like, some innocuous rebound that you remember. I mean, put it this way. He's not even in this draft, and we've already spent two minutes talking about him. So good for good for Jay Moon. Yeah. Yeah. We're a Raptors fan, so, like... That's true. we got to bring up the random ones that play for us. But anyway, so number one, Kyrie Irving, obviously. Um, I mean, as number one overall picks go, not bad. Cleveland's had worse number one overall picks. In fact, two very recently after that. Um, oh, I'm going to get into that. Don't worry. This okay. is the pod to get into the <laughs> choices that Dan Gilbert and the Cleveland Cavaliers organization have made throughout the years. I like how you don't even mention like whatever GM they had at the time, just Dan Gilbert. He I mean, runs it. He runs it. He runs yeah. the team. Hey, listen, man. Captain goes down with the ship, so he's going. He's I'm been pointing going the finger somewhere. I'm pointing the finger at him. Um, number two, Derek Williams. Um, not what they thought he'd be. He's kind of a bust. To yeah, I mean, not even kind of. of. He was. Uh, when your number two overall pick averages 8.9 points per game for his career, not great. I mean, I don't know if you can really hate on the pick, though. I mean, coming out of Arizona, he was averaging 18 and 8. Good athleticism. He looked like a good pick. I just didn't. It was one of those that just didn't pan out. I don't think you can hate the pick at number two. Well, you can hate the result. Like, you he can was, hate the result, like, sure. Look, like, there's a lot of things to like about him. He's kind of like Michael Beasley, right? Like, Michael Beasley, like, actually put up way bigger stats, but a similar type of, like, forward yeah. that was, like, a scoring forward, didn't really know his position, and just ended up not that good. But Michael Beasley still getting checks. Still getting checks. For those who are following the news, Michael Beasley could be back in the NBA, paired on a 
very, very limited and depleted New Jersey Nets franchise. Brooklyn yeah. Nets franchise. Yeah, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Um, Enos Kanter went number three. It's not really want what you want with number three, but, you know, like, whatever. He's still, uh, you can put up some points. Tristan Thompson, number four. Actually, this is what is something I want to bring up. Um, do you remember how Cleveland got this number one overall pick? It wasn't theirs. The number four overall pick or the number no. one overall pick? Their pick was the number four overall pick. Right. They won the lottery with the L.A. Clippers pick because they traded that pick unprotected. Good for them. <laughs> there was like the 14th overall pick. They had like a 0.5% chance of getting it, um, and they won it. And <laughs> I'd like to point out that that pick was done in Clipperland under the Donald Sterling regime. Yeah. 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 So number five, we had our Toronto Raptors. They took Jonas Valanciunas. Um you know, it worked out all right. I mean, there's obviously better players like afterwards, I beg, I beg but I like differ. Jonas. I have a soft spot for Jonas. I know you do. I'm going to get into that too and like how you and I have always have a tie to Jonas because of the draft, but we'll uh, we'll see him when he comes in. Definitely a top 14 pick, so we'll talk about him. Yeah. Jan Vesely, number six, huge bust. Um, the fact that like he's most known for just having a really spicy kiss with his like girlfriend at the draft, and that's what he's most known for in his NBA career, yeah. I think sp- speaks a lot. What else? Actually, what also speaks a lot is the fact that, like, as the number six overall pick, you don't even finish your rookie deal. He had he played three years, three years, and he was done. They didn't even pick up his fourth year option. So, like, the level of trash you have to be to reach there—that's. I mean, I can't really think of anything he did during those three years to keep him around for a fourth. Yeah. Girlfriend well, was nice though. <laughs> girlfriend was nice. Um, Bizback by Umba, number seven. Former Raptor. Yep. Brandon Knight, number eight. Um, Brandon Knight was the one that our buddy Sean wanted. Um, he was badgering me like crazy. Like, wanted Brandon Knight. I don't know. Like, I guess Giannis probably wins out there. Brandon Knight, like... I think so. I mean, whenever. Giannis is still relevant. He's putting up big numbers in Memphis. I don't know where Brandon Knight is. Oh, he played on... Well, no, he played on Cleveland this year and also Detroit for a little bit. He was back on Detroit. <laughs> Actually, the number one thing I remember from Brandon Knight is that hilarious clip where in, like... Uh, in overtime, he gets a steal. It's late, and he has a wide open That's full right. court layup, and he just bricks the. Layup. He absolutely bricks the layup. The speed at which he was going at to try and make that layup, like I, I don't know how he blew that. Why would you go backboard in that situation? You had a guy trailing you anyway. Just finger roll it in. Well, I think he tried to do that, and instead he just slammed it off the. Oh my God, Brandon Knight. <laughs> We're kind of wondering where you are today, and the reason we don't know might be because of that play. Kemba Walker, number nine. That's a. Like, I know you're a huge fan of Kemba Walker. I'm, I'm a very and big like, fan, and, and we're going to get into him, and he yeah. was on the board later than he should have been. So And to yeah. be fair, you were actually a fan of him after he was coming out of UConn. I was not sold, and I was wrong on that one. Um, the <laughs> immortal Jimmer Fredette, number 10. Clay Thompson, number 11. That one stings when you take Jimmer Fredette right over Clay Thompson, considering they're both considered shooters at the time. And then... Yeah. I think NBA fans know which one has turned out better. If I would have told you that Jimmy Fredette was still playing NBA basketball in 2019, would you be surprised? Yes. Is yeah. he still playing NBA basketball? As of today, he is not. As of last year, he was a Phoenix Sun, getting paid by the organization with Not even minutes. Phoenix Suns fans pay attention to the Phoenix Suns. That's so trash there. You're, you're like almost not even an NBA player if you play in the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns come up in this draft too for... For unfortunate reasons, but yeah. we'll uh, we'll touch on it. Um, let's go through like some other guys who are notables. Alec Burks, number twelve. You know, he was a pretty good pick, I guess. Like he's not doing as well these days, but 
Not a bad player. Not a bad spot for number 12. Yeah. Um, and then we have 13 and 14. We have Markeith Morris and Marcus Morris. And I still can't tell the difference between them. They look obviously exactly the same. They're twins. They even have the same tattoos. Um, and also pretty much the exact same stats. They play the same position. They have the same game. They look the same. Same initials. Tough to tell them apart. Apparently the league also has a hard time telling them apart because these two went 13 and 14 respectively. Yeah, um, played on the same school, played on the same team. Uh, they played both of them, played on Phoenix. Uh, yeah, they're both good players. Um, pretty much either or, you're getting the same thing. Uh, it's actually crazy if you look at their stats. I'm just looking at them now. Uh, they're within they're within two points of each other. That's ridiculous. I was going to save this for when we got to them in the draft, but might as well just address this now. Markeith Morris, uh, career stats. 12-5-1. Marcus Morris, career averages. 12-5-1. Is that really? Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Pretty much. Technically 11.5 for uh, points per for Markeith and 12.1. But, you know, like rounding up, pretty Close much enough. the same. Close enough to where you would not <laughs> yeah. blink an eye if you took one before yeah. the other in the draft. Um, But, you know, like as good as those players are, obviously... When the very next pick is Kawhi Leonard, um, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna cut it. Kawhi Leonard is, I think, without a doubt, not to spoil too much. Uh, he's without a doubt the best player in this draft. Um, yeah, and I mean, normally, if he's a sleeper and turns out to be good, and you don't draft him till late and you pass up on him, I can't blame you for that. Yeah. But most mock drafts had him going mid lottery. The fact yeah. that he slipped all the way down here. After Mr. and Mr. Morris, that's 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 tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he was never supposed to be as good as he was. He, it's a testament to him that he he, when they first drafted him, he wasn't supposed to be really a shooter. He wasn't really uber athletic. He just turned himself into the player that he is. And frankly, I think uh, San Antonio was probably the perfect place for him. He goes in, he's got like, Tim Duncan, Manny Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, veterans who know how to win. They let him do what he can do well to start, which is obviously playing defense. <laughs> I mean, he was, so good, uh, he was so good right away that he's the only guy that uh, has ever made LeBron James go like, oh, fuck. You've seen that, you've seen that clip, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> when LeBron he looks in. over, Kawhi goes to check in, and you can just see the life just steam out of LeBron as Kawhi checks back in the game. But I get it. It's a tough, tough you know, guy to you know have who LeBron, you. you know who LeBron doesn't do that to when they check in? DeMar DeRozan? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think it's the opposite. He looks at him and goes, this is going to be great as soon as DeMar DeRozan oh, checks goody. in. Oh, goody. Kawhi, great pick, champion in third year, and actually played a crucial role on that championship team in the third year. Yeah, he won playoff. He won finals MVP, I think. Which is surprising, though, because how many finals MVPs only averaged 12 points per game during the regular season? He, that is when Kawhi became Kawhi, was in that finals. Yeah, he's kind of... His, um, his finals MVP is kind of in that, um, although this happened later, the Andre Wadala mode, mold, sorry, uh, where Andre obviously guarded LeBron. Yeah. Constant theme. If you can stop LeBron, then you're... You might win the playoff MVP. Not only will you win the finals MVP, but you're almost guaranteed a contract from somebody just for that reason. Well, yeah. You know how many people have been getting paid by NBA teams because maybe they thought they could, and but it turns out they record, couldn't. For the record, and we're, gonna, we're diverting here a little bit, we're going to get back to the redraft, but that year that Andre Iguodala won finals MVP for stopping LeBron, 
Do you remember what LeBron's averages were in that series? Not they, were they were stupendous. They were, yeah, they were ridiculous. Yeah. But so, he good for Andre, <laughs> I guess. Did Stop he? in quotations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Nikola Vucevic, number 16. We'll just skip through some guys. Tobias Harris. Why don't we just, go, why don't we just start the redraft? Because there's big guys yeah. throughout this entire draft. Yeah, this is, really good draft. Second this is a really good draft. This is the creme de la creme. This is the Ferrari of drafts. Um, I have it top from 1996 through 2012. I have this draft as fourth. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. so who do you have? Uh, let's just go into that really quickly. Who do you have above it? Which draft? I got 1996, the Kobe Irison, Ray Allen, Nash, 2003, um, Mello, Wade, Boss, James, obviously, and then 1998, Dirk, Pierce, Carter, Jameson. What about uh, what about 09? 09, I actually have sixth right behind Westbrook Love, Derek Rose, Dragic, Eric Gordon, Batum, DeAndre Jordan. That draft had so much depth, it really boosted it up. I know 2009 is star heavy, um, but I got them in, yeah, 5 6 respectively. Dude, though, like, 09 has Steph and Harden. It's true, and it also has Blake Griffin, it's got DeMar, but then there's a drop off after. It, has, it also has Drew Holiday. And Jeff Teague, but then you look at some, like, longevity veteran role player guys that draft just doesn't have it okay well i haven't looked at the i haven't looked at that draft like super closely but just top talent do you think you got to think 09 is better than 08 right like i mean maybe that's that's a debate for another, another i mean that pod. means that means no that means no that, i'm just saying the way i rank <laughs> these is that yeah the, the top talent certainly brings it up but then if you got to have some some good picks at the 10 through 20 range to give your draft that boost. I, mean, I, was, just looking, asking, I was just asking top talent. Do you think the top talent is there? Do you yeah, think 09 top, top talent, talent is there? Do There's, you think the to- 09 top talent is better than the 08? Do you think like Steph Harden, Blake Griffin, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan is better than uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, Derek Rose? Uh, who else is in 08? Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Yeah. OJ, maybe, OJ maybe, Mayo. <laughs> maybe top talent takes it by a hair. Maybe. Okay, look, I don't want to get into this right now. I think this is for a different pod. But This is definitely uh, a different pod, though. I, this is the, this is I the great full debate. On think, like, I full on think that the 09 draft, at least the top of the draft, I'd have to look at the rest, but I think it's unquestionably better, but whatever. Anyway, we're not here about the 09 draft. We're actually here about the 2011 draft. So um, why don't we just get into the redraft then? Uh, do you want the number one overall pick? Or do you want me? It's going to be like, I I'm think sure it's this a no one. Br- I think it's a no brainer. I'll give it to you and I'll jump in. Okay. So I'm going to take Kawhi Leonard. I mean, there's really not much to say. Clearly the best player in the draft. Um, Two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He's that type of scorer that you want. I mean, averages in the last few years, averaging 25-plus points per game. Uh, He can win you a championship. We just saw that with the the Raptors. Um, I mean, not much else else to say. Like, he's clear number one overall pick. Yeah, Kawhi is the man. I think there are some red flags if you're looking to build a franchise around this guy, though. Um, A little temperamental. We know that he held out on the Spurs. Uh, he kind of dished the Raptors in the 11th hour after a historic year. Yeah, but I don't blame him for that. I mean, look, he wanted, He grew up in L.A. He wanted to go home. You can't blame someone for... He did everything that you wanted to do in the one year, and he was only contractually obligated to stay for one year. Sure, maybe you can't um, blame him for the Raptors' departure, because fair enough, he came, he won, and he left, and that's, that's his... One MO. and done. One and done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the real one and done was his stint in Toronto. But I think the way yeah. he left a stellar organization like the Spurs, who have kind of been known to be sort of the upper class, not only from on court, but off the court and managing their players and their relationships. And for him to have such a terrible 
disappearance from that organization the way he did and severed ties with the organization and with the coach and with some former players. He basically sat out for a whole year. I mean, yeah, the Spurs are generally a top-flight organization, but they kind of, for whatever reason, they, they screwed up with him. I mean, I'm sure there's... Like, there's things on both sides you could blame. Like, he, he probably wasn't the best person down the stretch for them, but also they uh, downplayed a serious injury that they had, and he, stru- he lost trust, right? And yeah, maybe. Lose- I mean, I think they questioned the severity of the injury, and, you know, I didn't see the MRI, so I don't know. Maybe he was injured, maybe he wasn't. Yeah. But I do know one thing. If you had um, seen the MRI, would that have would that have been different? Would you have been able to? Uh, absolutely. The amount of Netflix medical shows I've watched, I could absolutely have diagnosed Kawhi Leonard. Right. Okay. Yeah. We should probably get Pop on the line then. I'll call him right now. Okay. Well, wait till after the spot, then we'll get Pop on the line. Before we leave Kawhi, uh, I have some pretty advanced analytics here. Uh, I'll share with you as we move off of Kawhi. Uh, not at risk of breaking the all-time games played record. No, he's not. No. Um, kind of have to play back-to-backs for that. Uh, and you have to play more than two out of every three games in regular season. Yes, but I don't think he cares about that. Um, he cares about winning, and he's done a lot of that throughout his career. So Kind of fragile, though. I want to say Kawhi Leonard, good player, kind of fragile. Should we go to number two pick? Yeah, go for it. Um, to me, I think this is another no-brainer, uh, Clay Thompson. Yeah, I had him second yeah. as well. I mean, some unbelievable <laughs> regular season games, uh, some unbelievable playoff games final games notably and often in game sixes yeah he's missed the game six three-time champ um second best three-point shooter of all time when it's all said and done uh curry and thompson will retire one and two in the all-time three points points made yeah i wonder for how long though um curry's probably uh curry's gonna have the number one spot for i think a long time i think it could last a long time like this is the age of the three i know but they have just they started their careers as was entering into it um you you see guys like trey young for example who right from a young age is just bombing threes i would not be trey's not putting up the 10 11 attempts that the splash brothers are putting up yes he is this year was um 9.5 attempts per game i i see him uh wow that's that's high that's pretty crazy 36 percent on those and he's taking ridiculously hard ones too so 36 percent is not going to cut it though 36 percent on nine attempts look he's 21 years old man He's going to get better, but point is... Um, I stand by my statement. Splash Bros. 1 and 2 when they retire. I agreed with you. I was just saying... The only thing I was saying was that... Uh, you seem a little argumentative. I'm in argumentative mood. With Clay Thompson, uh, what is the single most memorable game you think about when you think of him? It's got to be 60, 61 points in three quarters on like three dribbles. Okay, actually, that's, <laughs> that's actually a really good one. That, that wasn't the one I was thinking about, but... I I remember that game. He absolutely goes on fire. And that's one thing like Clay can do that really no one else other than like Steph can do and that is just go unconsciously white hot. But even over the course of a game, like I think Clay needed Steph to find him for all those catch and shoot opportunities. I'm not sure if there's the facilitator around oh, Steph of course. to do it on so few dribbles. No, of course, yeah. Clay's not that type of player, but what he does, he does really 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 well. Yeah. Um, but when I think of Clay, I think of Game Six, 2016, um, Western Conference Finals against OKC. He, I mean, OKC was ready to win that game. They thought they were. They were up three one, right? Like this is the three one lead that people forget that was blown. Right. Because the Warriors 
blew it to LeBron the very next series. But uh, I don't think OKC fans forget about that series. No, they do not. But generally speaking, most NBA fans do not really think about OKC fans that much. How come Kevin Durant doesn't get enough hate for that series? Because he generally plays pretty well. I, I haven't looked at his stats. Um, if LeBron was in that series. position, media would roast him. For sure. Yeah. Different standards. Everyone knows LeBron's under a bigger microscope. So let's stop with the comparisons then with KD and LeBron. I didn't bring him up. Again with the argumentative. <laughs> um, but no, uh, just really quickly on that, on that topic, when you think about it, um, if OKC wins that series, they go to the finals, whether they win or lose, KD's probably not leaving a finals winning team, especially not to a team that he just beat in the conference finals, right? So I mean, I wouldn't have made, I wouldn't have guessed he made the move he did. That's even true. You never know. Loss. I mean, KD is the biggest flake in the NBA. I have no idea what he's going to do at any given time. What about his teammate, Kyrie? He might be a bigger one. Oh no, they're one and two. Yeah, they're one and two in this draft. I mean, we haven't drafted Kyrie, so we'll talk about him when we yeah. get there. But well, this is so. I guess just to bookend uh, Clay, then Clay and Steph, one and two three point shooters. Kyrie and KD, one and two flakes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I have number three, and I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, I really like wings, and I think if you can grab an elite wing, that's the most important thing to winning, uh, I mean, to uh, creating a winning basketball team, uh, as opposed to really good centers or really good point guards, because I think those positions, like centers, they're kind of devalued in today's NBA unless you can really shoot the three, but mostly they're kind of like a mercenary position. You can find a lot of decent centers. I mean, you can talk about a guy like Aaron Baines, who just out of nowhere, uh, just solid starting NBA center. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think the center position is as vital as it used to be. No, not at all. Game is. So no. if you can find an Aaron Baines to fill out an already decent roster, I think you're fine. Yeah, which is why, like, generally I just have a draft philosophy if I was a GM where I, unless the guy's super special, like an Embiid, then I'm not drafting centers top five. Um, on the same note, with point guards, they can be really, really good, and we got some really good point guards coming up. Um, but I still think your average starting point guard is generally a pretty good player. There's a lot of those guys out there. Um, so if I can get an elite wing, I'll go with that. And this is what I'm getting with Jimmy Butler. He is an absolute dog defensively, your go-to scorer. Um, I feel like he's a good guy to have in the locker room. Like He's an asshole. Everyone knows that, but... I feel like he's the type of asshole that I would personally want on my team because all he wants is for you you to do your best. You watched The Last Dance, obviously, right? Yeah. Jimmy Butler is the same category of asshole as is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Not same category of player. Same category of asshole, though. Right. That's a new new category. (laughs) But yeah, exactly. Kind of similar similar type of guys. They go in there. He leads the draft class and win shares. That should tell you a lot about what you need to know about Jimmy Butler as a player. There you go. When 30th to the Bulls... I mean, just he's look at... He's a dog. He's an yeah. absolute dog. Jimmy Butler was teleported from the mid-90s into space, back down into here for this season. And you can tell from the way he plays, his attitude. Jimmy Butler had the balls to call it the Sixers for being a weak-ass team while still being on the Sixers. <laughs> That's true. And, and actually, um, uh, I think like a perfect example of Jimmy Butler's effectiveness is just look at the Wolves, uh, the Timberwolves. They were really good when he was playing, and then uh, he got hurt, and also he uh, when he left, and now they're trash again. 
Yeah. Um, he was the difference maker. And frankly, if you look at the the 76ers now, like this year, 2020, um, they could really use Jimmy Butler. They objectively, I think, made a mistake by kind of prioritizing Tobias Harris over him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not sure if Jimmy Butler was intent on staying there. I mean, you look what he does with the Heat he this would, year. He would have if they gave him the five-year max. They didn't want to do that, though. That's the Maybe, thing. but honestly, I think he's, he's happier in Miami being the, yeah. the man with a great team. They were projected to be a fringe playoff team. He's got them sitting fourth in the East with Bam having an absolute season, yeah. but Jimmy's been the guy, so yeah, I think him. I think he's found his spot. I think he's happy. But yeah, Jimmy Butler, number three, I think I, I feel very good with that pick. You got number four. Who are you going with? Uh, number four, my man, Kemba Walker. Okay. Yeah. I actually had Kemba fourth as well. So it says a lot about where we think about Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Kyrie when we get there, but points for Kemba over Kyrie, uh, great teammate organization has never had an issue. No off the court issues, uh, shows up every night, not injury prone, played with a terrible team. Basically, his entire career finally has the opportunity to go to Boston, surrounded by talent. They're going to be a problem this year. I really like Boston's chances. Um, Kemba, that's that's just a solid pick at number four for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Um, better than what Tristan Thompson would have been for them. I mean, was for them, although he was actually instrumental in 2016. But Okay, but somebody else could have been instrumental in that position, yeah. too. <laughs> somebody else could have done that. Yeah. Um, Actually, so I got the fifth pick. I'm going to take Kyrie, and I think this is a good point to kind of bring up um, kind of a comparison between Kemba and Kyrie because obviously Kyrie has a lot more name brand value. But I think um, if you look, if you if you compare the two, I think it's actually quite obvious that Kemba should be taken above Kyrie. And so, look, I looked at the last four years between them. So not taking talking about their first couple of years because, frankly, Kyrie was better than Kemba. Uh, going in, Kyrie right away was able to score, like a volume score. Kemba took a little bit of time, but he's really starting to find his own in the last four years. So Kemba Walker, 23 points per game, 5.5 assists per game, four rebounds, 37.9% from three on a decent amount of attempts per game, and also 43.25 field goal percentage. But I also want to bring up his durability. In those four seasons, he's played 291 games. And why I bring that up, I'll talk about Kyrie, and it'll make more sense. So Kyrie is 25 points per game, so a little bit more scoring. Um, six assists, basically the same amount of assists. Um, 40% from three, so slightly better three-point shooter, and also 48% field goal percentage. So like he's a better finisher at the rim, um, which makes sense because he's got legendary finishing abilities. Um, but he's only played 219 games. That's a 72-game difference between him and Kemba over the last four years. Kemba's basically in the last four years played basically an entire season more than Kyrie. And that's one thing that you always get with Kyrie that people don't really talk about durability. They don't consider durability, even though there are guys who are legitimately durable players and guys who are legitimately not. And if you look through Kyrie's entire career, even with Duke, he's never been durable. He's never been durable. Yeah, even I mean, this Kyrie year, didn't, Kyrie didn't even finish the Duke season. He rode the bench right into the draft. He hurt. I think he hurt his kneecap or his foot or something. Yeah, still um, went first overall. So I yeah, guess that wasn't a deterrent. Look, that talent is undeniable. But he's. You've seen a lot of guys like this. Actually, I have a. Here's a. T- I think. Here's something I want to bring up. Do you think that the shot in 2016? was good or bad for Kyrie because I actually think that for his brand value best thing that ever happened to him but for his basketball game worst thing 
I mean, from a talent perspective, I think the shot was good for him. It, it gave him the chip. It's one of the all-time big final shots. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the littlest accolade for Kyrie, and it's going right to his head. And that's, soon, that's, that's exactly the yeah, thing. As soon that as that it. shot went in, Kyrie went from being Robin to thinking he was the man, and his career has never been the same. Yeah, exactly. So this is the... I mean, I think to a different person, like, that would be the best thing of both worlds. Like, I mean, right? for those listening at home, they may think that picking Kyrie 5 is ludicrous. And it might be, but let me show you this. From the time LeBron left till the time they, till the time he came back, uh, four seasons for the Cavs and Kyrie Irving, 97 regular season wins. Four years, 97 wins. <laughs> Some may look at Kemba and go, how could you pick Kemba over Kyrie? If you look at the team success over the same period, and it's not like, I understand the Cavs weren't great, but it's not like the Hornets were putting up a playoff squad either. So Kemba yeah. and Kyrie were basically working with the same well, talent around them. Hold up. Jesus Christ, the the Bobcats slash Charlotte Hornets sucked. Yeah. I mean, the best player, I don't even know who the best player around Kyrie is. Maybe Nicholas Batum. There's a lot of Nicholas Batum. There's a lot of Marvin Williams. There's some Zellers in there. Listen, I can um, tell you from my fantasy team that Nicholas Batum is not the Nicholas Batum of old. No. No. It's not that Portland Nicholas Batum that we all love. Um, but I actually think so... My take on Kyrie is that he is actually just a rich man's Stephen Marbury with slightly better PR. Um, I went through Stephen Marbury's career, and they're similar players in terms of their their points per game, assists, volume scores, really talented singular talents, Um, but also known as a bad teammate. Uh, When Stephen Marbury came in the league, right away, 40 and 42, first round loss, 45 and 37, first round loss. He was with the KG-led uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Then he's traded to New Jersey. When, when he's traded to New Jersey, Minnesota immediately, they immediately turn into a 50-win team. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, he goes 16-34 and 34 in the lockout year, 31-51. and 51. Uh, Then he's still with New Jersey. He has the best year of his career. Best year of his career, only 26-56. and 56. Then he's traded to Phoenix for Jason Kidd. New Jersey turns immediately better within two years with Jason Kidd, not Stephen Marbury. They make the finals, and they turn into a 50-win teams. Meanwhile, Phoenix was a 50-win team. They get Stephen Marbury, immediately start doing poorly again. 36-46, and 44-38, and 38, they, lost, they lost in the first round Listen, there. I don't, I don't think you understand how accurate this comparison is between Kyrie and Stephon. Oh, Have I you, think I do. That's why I brought it up. Are you going to get into the Kyrie teams after Kyrie leaves? Because I got those here if you want to go over them. I, I was going to, but you go ahead. Uh, Kyrie, last year in Cleveland, they lose in the finals. The next year, Kyrie's gone, cries his way out of Cleveland. Cavs lose in the finals. Yeah. Okay, great. Goes to Boston, replaces Isaiah Thomas. Boston without Kyrie, they win 53 games, they lose in the conference finals. This was prior to him. Yeah. Yeah. Right, this was the, this was the yeah. year before he gets yeah. there. Kyrie gets there, they win 55 games, they lose in the conference finals. Notably... Without him there, though, right? Because he got injured. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, good yeah. for them for making it that far. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't work. Great. Another failed experiment is Kyrie being the man. Uh, then he cries his way out of Boston. Signs as a free agent with the Nets, who are coming off an amazingly overachieving 42 and 46. They season. had a fun young team there. Fun young team. D'Lo getting out of Los Angeles was good for him, averaging career-high 21 PPG. 
Uh, Tim Woody, they had a, like, yeah, great Tim Woody was there. They have um, uh, Allen, like, yeah, their young center yeah. is really good. Good core, good young core coming up. Uh, but hold on, because here comes, I'm the man, Kyrie Irving, joins the Nets. They're a 500 team, 11-9 with him in the lineup. Yeah. So Empty stats. Can we, we should make an empty stats top 10 list. Yeah, for sure. Because those guys are out. You got the Rudy Gays, you got the Kyrie Irvings. You could argue maybe a little bit of Carmelo Anthony later in his career up there. Or early but, in his career. But these guys get drafted high, they get paid big money, and the win shares never follow them. Yeah, because, well, yeah, I mean, guys get paid to put the bucket in the basket. I mean, that's... I mean, the, <laughs> and you the, mentioned it earlier, the like the, the KD-Kyrie all-flaky team. Like, I cannot wait for Kyrie to take all of nine minutes to completely turn his best buddy KD and just absolutely tear that team apart. It will take them 17 games for KD and Kyrie to be well, at odds. Well, we'll see. That wouldn't surprise me. We'll see how it is when KD is obviously the better player and Kyrie realizes he's getting second fiddle touches. I wonder But, I mean, we've seen Kyrie as the man. We've seen Kyrie as second fiddle, and he's basically unhappy in every situation. He's a good second fiddle, though. He should real. That He's one. a good second fiddle if he agrees to be a second fiddle. But yeah. honestly, if I'm Brooklyn, I am seriously concerned about how this is going to play out. Good luck. Yeah, but you're good risk- luck, Brooklyn. I'll just finish on this. I mean, talking about Brooklyn, one, I actually I don't see the experiment working. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, just seems like a cl- another class example of Brooklyn kind of too late with their stars. If you talk about KG, Paul Pierce, it's kind of similar to this. I think. It'll turn out where KD isn't quite the same, still really good, um, and it just doesn't work out. But, um, yeah, but we'll see about that. Listen, anyway, has you- got 99 problems, and the Brooklyn Nets, thankfully, are no longer one of those problems. Yes. You got number six. There's a drop-off now in the draft. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Nikola Vucevic. Okay. And yeah, you're right. There, there is a drop-off, but I like his game. I consider him similar to a Gortat. Uh, good in the pick and roll, can hit the mid-range shot, pretty good on the boards. But, I mean, his career is basically irrelevant. He, he played on the Orlando team that just lost Dwight Howard. So he was basically the, the big man on that team for his entire career. Coming off his best season was last season when they made the playoffs for the first yeah. time under his tenor. Uh, this is the infamous DJ Augustine, game one, big shot, saying, don't sleep on the magic. Whatever you guys do, don't sleep on the magic. <laughs> um, magic would go on. Ryan Ryan still has a great take on this, which I, I think, I think this is hilarious. Where all he 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 mentions the fact that all these people who say don't sleep on us, if you then lose four straight games, you should have to admit, okay, maybe you should have slept on us. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The fact that we even have to tune into that series to see that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. As a Raptors fan. I was pretty nervous after game one because I've seen this play out before. Yeah. But Kyle, I'm glad that they took care Kyle of business. Kyle Lowry, zero points, game yeah, one. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, one for 16, one for 18, terrible shooting, yeah. we lose, city burns. It's all, it's all very bad. You seen know, too many Nikola Vucevic, he's turned himself into a really good player. Um, I don't really see the, Gar- the Gortat comparison, to be honest, because um, I think he's more of a... Gortat was... I mean, literally the Polish hammer, hard rolling big guy. He's gonna wham it on you. N- that's not really Nikola's game. He's much more kind of a the skilled guy, um, soft hand, soft handed seven footer. I see him kind of more as like a poor man's Jokic. Um, he's kind of in that similar mold. Worst playmaker, but can shoot it from outside. Can 
Yeah, I mean, he could just put the ball in the basket. Um, I actually had him number seven on my list, though, because I had one guy above him, and maybe this is high for him, but I, I'm super, I'm super high on this guy, and this is Bojan Bogdanovich. Oh wow! So I'm going to take him number seven. That is a reach. Okay, so you better make a good case for Bojan. Look, the second he's gone to the league, he's been able to like score really well and shoot the three really well. He doesn't. He's a top-flight defender. He's going to guard. He's going to guard the other team's best or second-best wing. He's really important to Utah, and the fact that he's actually hurt for their playoffs is going to be really, really uh, detrimental to them. He does so many things well, but mostly, like the last few years here, I'll just bring up his stats right now because I don't have them up. But the last few years, he shot close to forty percent from three. Um, he is coming off a big year. Twenty PPG for the Jazz this year on yeah. a good playoff team in a tough West. Yeah, exactly. Now, if I'm the GM drafting him. I may not be in. I, I may not be the GM by the time he arrives because he takes a few years to get there. Yeah, but um, that's not bad. First, Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, exactly. You know, the draft and stash. It's a tried and true. Uh, yeah, uh, as long as you're not the Raptors. Yeah, no. Um, we have not been able to stash a draft pick successfully ever. Jonas was that, but otherwise, no. Yeah, but Jonas had a, a low ceiling, but he's in this draft. Yeah. We'll talk about him later. Um. But yeah, I mean, pretty much the last, uh, let's look at the last, last three years, 40% from three, 42% from three, 41% from three on a lot of attempts. Actually this year, 7.3 attempts shot 41% and he's averaging over 20 points per game. Uh, rebounds are fine. Uh, and he's going to, he's going to defend well. I mean, he's just a solid, solid player. He's not a star, but he's a really good player to have on your team. And I think he's important to winning and this he's just the type of guy I like so got nothing really else to say about him other than that all right I think you made a good case I had him a little bit later but honestly at this point it's a bit of a crapshoot yeah. you take so that's fine what pick are we at number eight number eight Detroit um Isaiah Thomas worked really well for them the first time I'm hoping Isaiah Thomas works even better for them the I second had time. okay so other than the Bojan and Nikola Vucevic flip-flop because I had Nikola seven um, I had Isaiah 8, so so far we're going pretty chalk yeah. on this one. This is Isaiah Thomas' career is just a heartbreak story. Starts off really well. It starts No, it starts off really well. It peaks very high, but boy, is the fall great. Well, I don't think he's Career done, year done. in Boston, all-NBA guy for that season. Leads him to a deep playoff run. His sister passes away tragically, still plays the next game, lights them up. They don't, they don't advance, but... No fault of his own. Mm-hmm. And sadly, Isaiah Thomas got Danny Ainged right out of Boston. Yeah. That's actually, um, th- that's starting to bite Danny Ainge in the butt, though. Um, those sort of moves. Because now that's his MO, right? Right. Uh, where he's going to the pure, calculated, analytical assetization of players. Frankly, great move by him. To be honest, oh, um, absolutely. I don't know he how saw he Isaiah, had the foresight he, to see that Isaiah was done. I don't think it took that much foresight, especially if you have their medical records. I mean, it turns out he had the bum hip. He's a small, he's a five foot nine <laughs> point scoring guard who has a bad has a bad leg. Yeah, he was also he was also uh, due for an extension pretty soon too. Yeah, man, I don't want to pay the amount guys. of money that Isaiah Thomas left on the table because of that injury. A lot. A it's lot. It's best not to think about it. No. But you know, look. Um, I think he's had a little bit of a resurgence this year. I think, I don't think his story is done. I think he can still be 
a scoring guard I, off I the bench. I bet to differ. His story is done. He's going to bounce around so. for a few more years, nothing relevant. And Okay, uh, maybe. Yeah. We'll still get, keep getting them checks. But you know what? If you're a contender or you're kind of a fringe contender and you get Isaiah Thomas for his best couple of years, that's going to help. Yeah. I could push you over the line. So I think Isaiah Thomas... Yeah. And you know, if we're, yeah, if we're talking about the redraft part, right away, he was, he was good right away. It took him a while. It took Sacramento a while to realize how good he was. But I mean, he was on those Boogie Cousins teams and... He was putting up huge stats. I mean, his third year, 20 points per game on really good um, on really good shooting. In his third year, he was over 50% from two-point. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy for a guy that for a guy size to shoot like so that small. in the so, paint. Look, you were on I, think, the- I, think, I think that's a great pick at number eight. You're going to get a guy who's scoring 20 points per game for several years. It's pretty good. Okay, so I have the number nine pick, and this is where I'm going to take my boy... Jonas Valanciunas. I think this is a fine place to have uh, have Jonas in this draft. I mean, look, you're getting a very solid starting center. Uh, he's not a star, but he's going to go out there. He can put up good stats. I mean, first career, he's 12 and 8, but the last few years, um, he's basically been like, well, last two years, he's been 15 and 11. So that's Jonas pretty good. is exactly what I thought he was going to be when we drafted him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I told you he was going to cap out at a double-double guy. And now we're sitting here today, and he's capped out at a double-double guy. You told me, you remember nine years ago that you told me exactly I that I remember would... verbatim. I said, Christopher... I you used my, use my full name. I, Christopher L. Manderville. It's not L. What is your middle name? <laughs> I have two, but we don't have to talk about that. Okay, we won't get into this. But I'm pretty sure I quoted you first and last name. And I said, Jonas Valanciunas will not be more than a 10 and 10 guy. And now it's even more. But he more. is. <laughs> oh, so he's a what, 12 and 11 guy. It's now even more useless than he was when we drafted him because the league has shifted so far away from the big man dumping it into the paint. I mean, yeah. he, he's, his value is just, it's Eric Baines type value at this point. He's a fine player. Look, he's, he's still a quality starting center in this league. Um, he's tried to expand his range a little bit. 36% from three this year um, on 1.3 attempts per game. Maybe I'm just <laughs> salty because I know we could have drafted Kemba. That's and I wanted it. us to take Kemba that day. You do harbor a lot of resentment from just people that we could have drafted, and you just place it upon the guys we actually did take. Because I'm not a professional scout, nor do I work for the Toronto Raptors organization no. in the back office. And I would expect them to have more insight on who we should draft than I do. But when David Stern comes out and goes, he last played for Levetios Suitas in Lithuania, I want some red flags going up in the Raptors organization. <laughs> I mean... He was projected to go number four. A lot of people thought Cleveland was going to take him number four. Um, Jonas was really highly regarded at the time. Um, and maybe... Uh, and by may- everyone except me. He was highly regarded by everyone except me. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the Raptors didn't hire you. Um, it's not too late. If you're listening, and maybe, I'm and maybe still they, available. Uh, maybe they drank too much of that Lithuanian uh, absinthe when they were down there. <laughs> that <laughs> maybe. may have been it. Maybe... Uh, maybe. <laughs> Brian Colangelo drank a little bit too much of the Kool-Aid. But look, Jonas has been... Solid throughout his career, almost right away. Like, almost every single year is pretty much the same for him, um, <laughs> if you look at it. Uh, yeah, I know it's the same. It's mediocre year after year. I would say slightly above mediocre. I would say he's, like, solid. Can we say solid? I mean, we can maybe say solid. I want to know, did Brian Colangelo see solid in the pre-draft analysis? If you're taking him fifth, you definitely think he's going to be star potential. That's what you want. Um, I'd like Taking I- him ninth, I would argue... You get a starting player at number nine, 
That's a pretty good pick. Okay, but at five, I want to see Brian Colangelo's travel log because I want to know exactly how many times he flew out to Lithuania to watch Jonas in person. Probably once or twice. Once or twice is not enough. Maybe he's got a guy down there that he trusts. Do the Raptors have a Lithuanian guy? Of course they do. They're, they have like a, they have an Eastern European scout for sure. There's a lot of good players in Lithuania. Some of them don't. A lot of them don't make the NBA. But like, there's a lot of good players in Lithuania. They have like a pretty good national basketball team, for example. Okay, but if the Toronto Raptors were looking to field the Lithuanian national basketball team, I would understand. <laughs> I would understand. <laughs> but we're just not. We're not. Just un- I would just like to speak to Jonas. Just closing out here. As a little tip to somebody who played a little bit of basketball growing up, you got to stop pump faking. It works. From 12 feet out. It does not work. Nobody is jumping at your pump fakes because you don't take them, nor do you make them. It consistently worked. It was a terrible looking pump fake, but it consistently works. And that's the thing. For some reason, guys still bite on it. Who is leaving their feet on a Jonas pump fake? NBA players. I don't know. Guys who are guarding him. They do that. When I'm watching an NBA game and Jonas pump fakes, that's when I go to the fridge for a little snack. I come back and he's still finishing the pump fake. And the guy's still jumping. The speed at which he tries to execute this, I guarantee you, and if I find it, I will throw it up for everybody to see, I can find a YouTube video which is just pointless Jonas compilation pump fakes. But you've watched them for many years. You know, you've seen the guys jump at it. I don't think I have. Okay, well now I have to find this. We'll find it. Guys jump at it. Zach Lowe has talked plenty of times on his podcast about the Jonas pump fake and how guys still jump jump at it. And he's also noted how ugly it looks and he doesn't understand it. It's not a great pump fake, but it still works somehow. Last thing on Jonas, he's had some really big playoff games because that's the thing about guys who, like big guys, sometimes even though in the regular season they've been, uh, they're a little bit antiquated and they get played off the floor. In the playoffs when things grind down to a halt, it's still useful to have a guy who can just go up in the block and get you two points when you need it. Um, okay, so you have number 10. Number 10, Milwaukee. Uh, I have M. Morris. I'm completely <laughs> indifferent to whichever Morris brother you choose to take. Either way, I'm good with the make pick. A, make a choice. Make, which Morris? You have to make a choice. I don't think I have to make a choice. I can just describe their careers because they're identical, and then you can pick. I mean, they got drafted 13 and 14. Stats are the same. Records are the same. Highlights are probably the same. Uh, I'm good. M. Morris. Well, now I have to take M. Morris next because they have to go back-to-back. Okay fair does it jump back to me or i'll give you another well, pick i was going to take a different guy but now i'm going to take m morris except i'm taking marcus i've decided <laughs> you're taking markeith i'm taking marcus fair um i like marcus morris he's i mean he's a little bit of a ball stopper but he's turned himself into like a huge scorer we'll see how he does on the clippers this year but i mean with the sad sack Knicks, he was pretty darn good yeah um morris brothers good ball players yeah so I kind of drafted for you and me there. It's good. You want to go again? You want me to jump in? Well, no. Now it's your turn. So you got uh, you got twelve. I got twelve. I good value went. now with the down here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good value. I don't know. Well, yeah, because I w- I was gonna look. I had Marcus and Markeith number twelve and number thirteen on my list. Okay. So I at twelve. It's Utah. I have Kenneth Fareed. Really, I did not have Kenneth. Okay, I did not have Kenneth Fareed. I, just, I honestly team. thought there was not that many options at this point in the draft. When I look at who's left, I mean, Kenneth started better than he finished. I well, mean, he started in Denver, yeah. crashing the boards. He was kind of like a more athletic Dennis Rodman, maybe. No. No, 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 no. Really no offense. No, well, he could dunk. I would call him, like, 
Maybe more athletic Tristan Thompson in the same okay, draft. Maybe more athletic Tristan Thompson. Yeah. You can't, you can't compare you can't compare a Hall of Famer all-time player to <laughs> some role player and then say that role player was a more athletic version of them. I was going to say he's like the sober man's Dennis Rodman. You're right. Alcohol and drugs fueled Dennis's career, life, and yeah. probably continue to do so. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, well, what? You don't like the pick? I just think every championship team needs a Kenneth Fareed type player. Can you say his name correctly? Kenneth. Kenneth. Kenneth Fareed. <laughs> Could you imagine there was a Kenneth Fareed? <laughs> there might be. There probably I mean, is. Probably somewhere. Um, well, I'm going to take, I mean, I'm surprised he's down this low, but um, it's number 13, right? Yeah. I'm going to take uh, Tobias Harris. Oh, that's a good pick. See, I actually had him earlier, but we must have missed him. Good pick. See? See, guys, for the uh, the listeners out there, um, Andrew's made a classic poor GM decision <laughs> forgetting that someone had not been drafted. I think Rob Babcock did that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Rob Babcock rubbed off on some of my It's like, has Andre Iguodala still been taken? We'll just take a Rougeau. Yeah. <laughs> just- <laughs> That's probably how it went. I would love to see the green room of how that pick went down. Well, I'm pretty sure Rob Babcock loved going down to Brazil and really liked the beaches down there. Yeah, I'm sure he Rob pro- Babcock... I don't even think he watched any of the basketball. I was like, I get to go down here three times a year right. to watch my prospect? Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for that. Brazil's a beautiful place. But uh, I'm sure, just as I was surprised that Hafiel Arrugia was drafted, I think Hafiel Arrugia was also equally surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Was he at the draft day? He was. He was yeah. supposed to go pretty high, just right. not that high. Right. Because um, back then, people were like, oh, shit, big bruising dude. Yeah. Can't score a lick. Let's take him top five. Yeah. Or, no, what was he, eighth or something? He was eighth. eighth. Yeah. Yeah, and Andre was next. Yeah, um, yeah so Tobias Harris. Um, he's good. He's uh, really good. I, I think, look, he's not as good as his contract. Um he has now, he's making like $36 million per year. That's going to be a bad contract. And he's going to start becoming underrated because the 76ers fans, and there are plenty of them, are going to really start hating on Tobias, especially as the years go on. They realize, shit, we could have had Jimmy Butler. Instead, we have Tobias Harris. But here's what I don't understand about Tobias Harris. Five teams in eight seasons, consistently good numbers throughout. He can guard one through four. Can he? He can. Big body, especially in today's smaller NBA. But can he actually guard them? Like, I mean, is he a lockdown defender? No, but most of the guys do, in the yeah. NBA aren't. I just think that he, he hasn't really landed anywhere good. I think this is probably his last chance to really solidify himself as a winner with a half-decent team around him. Otherwise, he could he's still young. bouncing around. I mean, look, he's actually he's still surprisingly young. He's, 20, he's 27. He came in the league when he was 19 years old. Like, he's still... Okay, but he's Kawhi technically, Leonard is also 27. 20 no he's not Kawhi's older he's 28 um <laughs> uh Tobias like thing is most guys peak when they're 27 in the NBA 27 28 like 26 27 28 are their prime years um for the most part so theoretically he's actually just entering his best years of his career but I mean I really don't have much to say about Tobias. He's a solid player. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's fine. He probably should have gone earlier in this redraft now that I think about it. He should have. Yeah. I had him 10. Yeah. I had him right behind Jonas, and you could have convinced me to put him ahead of Jonas, but I do love I would have put him ahead of Jonas. I would not have. I also would have put okay, me ahead you of have, Jonas. Well, you have number uh, 14 now. Okay, so initially, the guy I selected was supposed to go 13 to Phoenix. So I'm going to just draft him as if he's still going to Phoenix. Um, Phoenix Suns were young, promising talent go to die. 
My pick is Chandler Parsons. That's that's well. I had him number eleven. I had him in my thing because where we stand today, his career is about as irrelevant as the Suns franchise. That's not true. He's part of one of the coolest highlights in NBA history. On the wrong end, um, he missed a switch and he uh, in that uh, Portland Houston uh, first round series, and Dame hit a game uh, series winner over him. Validates my pick. Apparently, he spent last he, season on the Hawks where he averaged half as many points and minutes as 43-year-old Vincent Lamar Carter. Well, yeah, okay. Chandler Parsons got hurt. His career's done. Got his money. Some things that Chandler Parsons Still did... Still getting do, his money. Yeah, some things that Chandler Parsons did do. I mean, right away, he was pretty good. Um, like, exactly the type of 3 and D guy you would want on a good team. And also, he was a second-round pick, so that was great value. Number two, legendary fuckboy. He was like... Which is just hilarious. I mean, just in terms of entertainment value. Uh, I mean, on a, a, a girl's Instagram Live account, um, she, was, she was going live. And you see Chandler Parsons, verified, just right in the comments. Just show us your tits. <laughs> oh, Chandler. Way to go, Chandler. Never found an opportunity to take off his shirt right. that he didn't like. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, basketball uh, became the second most important thing in Chandler's life shortly after he entered the NBA. Oh yeah, he was, early, he was much about more it. about the lifestyle. I mean, he signed his big deal. He signed his big deal with the Mavs in a nightclub. That should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, that also tells you a lot about uh, Mark Cuban that he was willing to do that. <laughs> but do you know what? As far as signings go, Mark Cuban's usually on point. Yeah. So, well, the only guy that uh I mean, just to finish off, I suppose, um the only guy that um I had there that you didn't is I had Tristan Thompson as my 14 what would have been my 14th pick. Um, but instead, you wanted uh, Quenneth Fareed. So. But, okay, so Tristan Thompson, um, I want to just go back real quick. Because this could have been the year of the Cleveland Cavaliers. If we look at the number one overall oh, yeah. pick, let's say they took any of Clay, Kawhi, or Jimmy with that number one pick. We'll give them some options. Well, then, even- then you roll around and you get to the number fourth pick. Let's say they draft Kemba at that spot. Now, when LeBron inevitably returns back to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they could have a Kawhi, a Thompson, Butler, Kemba, and some sort of LeBron combination. There's a lot of what-ifs in draft history. This is definitely one of them. So That is a big one. But even just Kyrie was the consensus number one overall pick at that time. So, And it's still, I mean, he's a good player for all his warts. He's still a very but good player. But you need player. to take Kyrie at um, one, and then you draft yeah. somebody half-decent at four who wasn't Tristan Thompson. That is a bad right. team. I don't think Kyrie one is, like, a big mistake. But I do believe Tristan Thompson number four, considering just the lack of pure talent that he had to begin with, his number one skill then and still is now, frankly, is hustle, um, yeah. which is a skill I think that a lot of them, like that a lot of franchises or GMs kind of just undervalue. Because you can out hustle guys and get big plays, but that shouldn't uh, that shouldn't replace overall skill. And Tristan Thompson never had that skill. There's a lot of guys who did. If they take Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, I mean Kawhi Leonard, obviously, uh, completely different story. But they didn't. And uh, Dan so. Gilbert, in the four years from when LeBron left to when LeBron came back, he had two fourth overall picks, two first overall picks. He would end up drafting with those picks. Dion Waiters, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Those are a lot of picks to get wrong. Yeah, it's franchise-altering picks I mean, Andrew Wiggins did turn into Kevin Love, which did turn into a championship. So, okay, fair enough. But at the same time, like, 
you should have done better. 100%. There are better players to be had. Um, you think Dan Gilbert hates Canada with all those failed Canadian picks? He might a little. He might harbor some resentment. I don't know. We should ask him. I don't think we need to ask him. <laughs> I think it's probably pretty clear. <laughs> Anthony Bennett plays as much basketball these days as we do. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where Anthony Bennett is. I don't even know if he's playing in a second-rate league somewhere. I think he might just be done-done. But, hey, still made millions of dollars. Still doing all right. 2011 NBA redraft. Any final thoughts? Good draft. Really Bottom. good draft. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it.